to Canuck of the Dead. Um, this episode, we're going to focus on a film called Underneath. Now, this directing duo, the, one of the gentlemen I've known for a while, ever since Secret Santa, uh, which was one of the movies we highlighted a bit back with uh, Mikey McMurrin. And the other gentleman I got to meet back when the world was normal at Shockstock. They were advertising, kind of table out, talking about their film that was coming up. Uh, I would love to introduce John Nickel and Andre Becker. Guys, how you doing? Very well. You? Doing good. Good. Are you up? Oh, good. Thanks, guys, so much for doing this because Thank um, you. ever since you talked to me about Underneath, and I've got the poster still over here with your signatures, I, I've been waiting for it. And uh, when you guys told me it was done, I said, we got to get you on this show. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play the trailer for everybody so they can kind of get up to speed with what we're going to chat about tonight. Okay? Awesome. Here it is. There we go. Guys, how long did it take you to put this together? Because I know you were working on it at Shockstock a couple years ago. Well, it was a long gestating project um, and uh, it fell into a bunch of hurdles that sort of impacted its development um, because we originally sought out to make a film as an anthology format and then uh, it'd be have it comprised of like four chapters each helmed by an individual director and uh, things came about where directors committed to projects and then at five minutes to 12 would drop out of the radar. Uh, one guy worked on the project, shot his footage, lost the data, had to do a data recovery, said it was too expensive and then bailed. And I'm like, oh, I'll pay for it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, then it came to the, you know, COVID scenarios or what happened is when the two directors drop out, I had to scramble to fill in the gaps. So basically I was scrambling to write new segments and new chapters to carry on the momentum of the project. And, uh, then COVID hit and it was all mad, mad dash to get it all together at that point. Welcome to independent film, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I still remember my, my, I did an anthology series as well. And one of the shorts, I went to go pick up the actor and he was in home. Oh, geez. And so, <laughs> what? and so I had to step in for his role. And yeah, this is independent film. We wear many hats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, it's been a, it's been a learning uh, process for sure in that respect, because, you know, if it is grassroots sort of independent, um there's only so much you can expect from people and whatnot so um you can't you got to do what you got to do but andre and i scrambled we put it together and uh andre ended up doing another piece another chapter when he was committing to one i handled another two chapters and did all the vignettes to bind the chapters together so it ended up being more of a an adventure <laughs> let's say I can see that. And and Andre, this is technically your first directing credit. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. What's, what's true. like <laughs> into that position? Because I know usually you're like messing with the music, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, um there there was uh another film that I, again, just as we were kind of uh, you know, chatting a little bit uh beforehand, uh that would be that thing that would I guess have the official first director credit on it but being what it is you know it's it's still kind of in limbo trying to bring it in but uh yeah yeah this will be sort of like the first thing out there that yeah it has my name on it as a director uh not as a co-producer or like you said as doing music and uh you know that's the other thing uh talking about how you know you have the original plan where you've got these four different stories and um you know they would all be handled by different people and then you know the different teams being that you know this guy goes off he makes his thing and he gives it to you complete music everything you know and then with what ended up happening it, it basically came down to just john and me making the you know the movie and doing all the music for the entire film you know so that you know it just things kind of just kept getting bigger and bigger but uh I don't know. In a way, I think it's kind of um, it's landed in a good spot. Like um, there's definitely um, that that glue, I guess, that kind of goes through all of them, and 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 it works. And for me, anyways, even though all the chapters are very very different, they all kind of come together in their own way. And I think maybe the music would probably be one of the you know the consistent things that that kind of helps with that. Well, the question I have for that, and I'm just going to preface this with, uh, normally, I'm not a huge fan of experimental film. I, I Maybe I just don't get it 90% of the time, or I'm not thinking. I watched one of Andre's early ones, and that got me intrigued, right? So when I watched this, I was captivated. Now, with that, I think the music is the one thing that did drive it, because it was consistent throughout the, the series, Right when i shot my anthology we did what you guys said you know different music for different segments and i found it a touch disjointed when i finally watched the full project do you think it was better now that you guys were able to use that music to keep it consistent across the board 
Uh, I think so. I think so. I mean, I like I said, I think that it, it's really what kind of brought everything, at least, you know, to make it feel like it all came from one place as opposed to very, you know, separate parts that sometimes that can work. But I think for this particular movie, I think it, it, it definitely worked in its favor that you do have that, that element that kind of, you know, ropes it all in. And I think it, it works really well because I've fused Andre on uh, multiple projects that I've done in the past. I did uh, uh, my fe first feature was called Channel Zero, and he did the entire score for that. And there's just something about it that it's kind of more of a drama-based film, but it makes it it brings it into that more sinister realm with his score attached to it. And then he did um, a score for me on an experimental short called Glimpse, and. Uh, same thing and i've always loved his music and this this time around it sort of it was another like lifeline through the film so it really ties it all together for sure yeah i like i think that was the one thing that kept me in this is because the music was consistent i was able to go into each one you know you knew it was a new story but you felt familiar and i think that helped me especially with the experimental side of it which i'm i'm because of you guys, I'm now liking a lot more than I ever did before. <laughs> nice. You know, um, I thought about it and I think I would call this, and again, wait till my explanation, but I call this, <laughs> I call this a beautiful car wreck only because I'm watching it and there's images I don't think I should be watching, but I can't look away. You know what I mean? Totally. And the way it's shot and the way you guys put it together is gorgeous. So that's why I said it's a beautiful car wreck because people never turn away from those things ever. And and, and uh, I think for myself, a lot of influence does come from those kind of train wrecky type things. Um, and I like, I love this stuff that's more on the artsy side and stuff. So um, I, I don't like to shy away from that stuff at all. And it kind of, you know, when you talk about car crashes, it reminds me of Cronenberg's crash. You know, there's beauty in the madness. So um, it, I totally dig that. I, I know what you mean. I often refer to my stuff as, or our stuff as like uh, a, a Frankenstein sort of film where, you know, it's all pieced together into this really queer, weird madness kind of thing. So, but yeah. that's, isn't that the beauty of experimental film is there is no set practice. Like when you get into linear, linear fiction, like which is 99% of everything I do, you, you have boundaries. You have to make it make sense. You have to, you know, follow the linear story. But with experimental film, you can literally do anything. Does that open up your mind at all? Like, do you find yourself trying to see how far out you can go? I mean, it, I, I think it does for sure. Um, it allows you to play in things, but it, I don't want to use it as a scapegoat to, you know, patch things up either. You know what I mean? I don't want to like rely on it as a means to f hold it together, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, cause a lot of people are, you know, it's going to impact us with an audience because not a lot of people get experimental stuff. So, uh, we're sort of bracing ourselves for that kind of thing. Um, because it's inevitable. You know, either people dig it, they understand it, or they don't understand it, but still dig it and or dig it or understand it and don't like it and absolutely loathe it. You know, 
and and when you make stuff like that you're you got to brace yourself for that kind of inevitability so um you kind of get used to it but i I can see that. I can see that. But yeah. But again, that's that's the beauty of being able to use other things to tell your story. You know, I know I, I adored the uh, the one segment that happened to be Mikey in it and th the way it kept flashing like around. I thought that was great. And again, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, which I'm, I assume it is. <laughs> but but it, it felt disjarring and it didn't it, it didn't make you feel secure in the story which I thought was so unique and I don't think would work in any type of linear film, but it is brilliant with you guys. Well, yeah. And I think that was part of the fun of, you know, you know, creating a chapter for this uh, because, you know, I knew I, it, this wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to create a, a, an entire film. It wasn't a, like a feature. So to try to do everything that I did in, in I can change, like as a feature, I, I don't think I could hold on to you that long. But because it is like, you know, this little segment, um, I kind of had fun with even like with the structure of it where I wanted it to feel like, you know, you generally have like a beginning, middle, end kind of setup where I kind of started somewhere at the middle and then you get the end. So you're kind of like, did I miss something, you know? And, and, and I was always kind of like, giving lots of hints throughout the whole thing, but I never wanted to come out and just say, this is this, or this is what's happening over here. So you just get these little details that they, they make sense, you know, to me. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're there for a reason, but it, it leaves things a little more open for the viewer to go, what was that? Or, oh, I think it was this, you know? And, and that to me is, is really interesting and, and, and I'm kind of excited to hear what people think, what they thought, you know, those certain things were meant to be or, or you know, whatever. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Excellent. So then let me ask you, how did the story structure come around? And I'll, I'll explain a little. When I did my anthology, it was a couple short films, just shorts we were gonna shoot, but we realized a kind of a thread so we ended up writing a couple more and then doing a wraparound story. Is that how this was formed or did you go into this as an anthology and write the pieces? Um, we went into it as an anthology. Like I, I went, I approached all the people that I wanted to work with like Andre and some other people. And I, I said, this is the sort of central theme we wanted to focus on um, influences of demons uh, whether metaphoric or literal, and uh, it can be connected in that fashion. So if you wanted to do a real abstract film about demons, but it made it personal or something or metaphoric, then by all means, it just had to be sort of connecting somehow on that literal or metaphoric level. And then um, wanted to set out to make sort of, in my mind, I wanted to make like four one act plays, basically. I wanted to take um, like these one act plays and combine them into a sort of coherent story in terms of themes, not necessarily a linear story from story to story, but something that would bind them all together and theme more or less an interpretive type, type of thing. So that's sort of more or less how it came about. And then either the people I approached said yay or nay, 
or said yay and then dropped out <laughs> and then, and then, then we scrambled for some things <laughs> so um it kind of worked it worked out in the end but that was sort of the the pitch at the beginning i just wanted to work with four different people and see um how things would pan out with a uh, proposed central theme kind of thing so how did you uh decide you were guys going to direct this together and, and start moving forward on that how did that come around because I know deciding to direct is one thing, but when you're going to double do it, that's that's a tricky animal. I've only done it once. Well, the thing <laughs> is with that, it was uh, with the anthology piece, we wouldn't be overlapping and directing duties. Um, I would, it was, it was, you know, Andre would do a chapter and what he brings to the table is what we bring. I mean, I think originally like Andre would toss an idea back and like, if they came back and said, well, I want to do a movie about uh, a funny talking clown that has nothing to do with the demon theme or whatever, I'd probably say, no, that's not going to work because I want to keep it cohesive. Um, then then that's how it came about. So we sort of bounced the ideas off before we said, okay, yeah, let's go forward with that. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense, actually. And that's probably a lot easier than divvying up that kind of thing so you're not stressed with doing 100% of the project yeah and and like from the beginning it was always going to be a certain thing where each director handed their own sort of segment and vision and and brought it to the table and came forth with what they had I mean it wasn't going to be totally blind it wasn't like oh yeah you said to make something about demons and then I gave you something about a, a serial killer or you know a talking clown or something you know something weird like that that would be completely way off and left field, right? So we kind of sat down ahead of time to sort of hammer out the small, small details, but then they were free to go and do what they wanted to do. Like I wasn't going to step in and go, oh, you need to have your music like this, or it needs to be this way or linear or nonlinear, experimental or not experimental, you know, that was up to the director's choice. So, okay. And then how did you go about your casting? Because, again, watching it, it, it felt like family because there's so many people in there, I know. But it, I noticed there was a lot of new faces. So was there casting that you had to do and dig into? Oh, yeah. For, for the segments that I handled, I tried to, let's say, stir away from the sort of regulars. Um, I just like, I like working with new people. I don't, when you get to know people and stuff there's a sort of um i don't know uh common ground or there's sort of an equilibrium that they reach and they're comfortable around you and that sort of stuff and you, there's not when you get this fresh talent they are like more eager to prove to you something or uh, go the distance if they will and i found that the people that i i cast myself i didn't know any of them so there are one or two that I knew from previous things or outside life, but um, honestly, the most of the people I worked with in my segments I didn't know, so okay. I was happy with that. I just did casting through um, social media and stuff, and uh, platforms like Mandy and whatnot, and stuff like that. So it worked out. Even uh, recruiting some uh, crew and whatnot came through Mandy. So. Oh, okay. That's excellent. Then what about you, Andre? Was it yours the same principle or? Uh, oh, no, not at all. Actually, um, 
I think uh, after working on Secret Santa, you know, I kind of had, you know, made made friends with some of the cast and Mikey as well, obviously being the director. Um, and he just, I, I kind of like just threw the idea at him, like, would you be interested in playing this guy? And and he was like all over it. So um, so I, I was happy to have him like be in front of the camera because he isn't usually. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess there was, there was a couple people in there. I don't think I had done anything with before, but you know what? I probably had, <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, I think for me, it was a little more of a, a, a familiar kind of family kind of thing, but they were people that I never actually worked with myself. So it was, it was definitely like a, a new cast to me, but people that, you know, I knew because they were from other people or from other people's films, you know? So, so I kind of, you know, I had fun with that and I liked, I liked having a little bit of the familiarity and the, uh, I guess the comfort level, um, uh, just knowing how some of them worked based on, you know, the, just the past experience. So I was, yeah, I was, I was cool with that, you know, and some of them, yeah, maybe I'll probably do something with again, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see where where they're at. So (laughs) I'd have to, I'd have to backtrack a bit because Andre was the, Andre suggested Brent Baird uh, to me for the character in the vignettes. So he was in all of the vignettes throughout and he was in Secret Santa as well in the final ride. Um, And I'm like, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know him uh, like heavy duty. I'd met him probably on set with Secret Santa. Um, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's give this guy a whirl. And he worked out nicely. I mean, he's already in a, fe- he won a best actor in one of our festivals too. So this is really cool. Cause there's a definite dichotomy in the, uh, the directing as well as everything else going on. Cause you're doing it almost exactly opposite. One person has people they know for the familiarity. One person has all new people because they want the, the freshness. And it's so cool because when you watch the final product, it, it it's so smooth. Like you can't you can't tell, you know, there's a difference in that direction. Awesome. Thank you. That is very cool. I didn't realize that. And that, that kind of just adds to it a little bit for me. That is really cool. Now, how did you decide what order these were going to go in? Was there a certain order you came out with or was it once they're put together, you kind of watch and see where they feel good and, you know, like Jenga. Uh, There was a little bit of that. Um, In my opinion, a couple of the pieces were a bit more, uh, linear. Um, so we wanted to them to sort of balance out the ones that were a bit more abstract and more, um, experimental. Like, I mean, some of them come across as like crazy industrial me- music videos and stuff like, and we were cool with that. Like we, we sort of like digging into that sort of gritty, like personally, I, I, I can speak for Andre, but I'm sure he's got a lot of that sort of some similar vibes. Like, I'm, I'm inspired by those sort of industrial type music videos and um, Tetsuo yeah. and stuff. And I, that's kind I, of if I can really just stop you right there, actually, John, I was just going to say, like, even the music, especially for this one, that was definitely a driving force was that, that, you know, industrial sound. And like, like John said, Tetsuo, like, that's, that's a, you know, definitely like one of those things that always kind of came to mind for like the rhythms and, and the sounds and, and I really wanted this one to have a um, very mechanical kind of sounding 
score to it. So yeah, that ties in like perfectly with what he's saying. So that's awesome. And you're right. A couple of them do feel like music videos because they start out and it's like, hmm, interesting. But then it, it goes in the story. It's like, okay, now I get it. But yeah, they, they feel like a music video, which is really interesting. I, I, I have never seen a film put together like this, but like I said, I don't watch a lot of experimental. So I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Well, I don't think we were also following any sort of template for experimental films either. Like personally, uh, I like all those kind of weird things that don't necessarily make on the surface sense. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, I like a lot of really awkward David Lynch movies, like the, the darker ones that people are like, what? <laughs> um, and, and I like human horror too. So I like to deal with, you know, drug addictions and stuff like that. And, and, in creating this sort of weirdness that comes with mental stability and whatnot um because even the one that was there's another director that's involved his name's Corey. um he worked on a, one of the small segments in the middle and i had wrote this the story and then did all the editing for it it was and then i turned it into like this really weird point of view like what it would feel like to be possessed multiple times all at the same time and it sort of jumps around from demon to demon and so we wanted to take it and see if it would translate into okay if i was in a room doing a seance and i became possessed what would it look like and what would the madness look like and then if the demon jumped from another person to another person so it turned into this really industrial score driven little four minute kind of twisted madness type thing so and it, it worked in my opinion but uh not everybody's going to get it for sure. It's like, and see, to me, that's what I call experiment. If it doesn't go in a linear story, to me, I consider experimental because you're going outside the box. So again, yeah, I don't mean to label it as well, that. No, 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 sorry, no, I, I, I dig it. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't shy away from that stuff at all. So, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm totally uh, okay with people not understanding it and not getting it because. Well, and see, that that's, kind of... I think, that's the beauty of it, though, because even with a linear film, people are going to take their own interpretations because it is art. I sure find so. that you're basically just saying, I'm going to open the door a little wider so you can have more interpretations. That's literally what I think experimental is all about. And I, and, and you do, because who knows, maybe what I felt when I was watching this was not what you had planned at all, you know, but I did ex have an experience. And that is the goal of film, I think. <laughs> Now, I know you guys were like in charge of everything and stuff like that, but was there anything that you wanted to do to put in the film but were not able to get done or wasn't going to look good or something like that? That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say... <laughs> some effects... Um, yeah. didn't quite work out the way we had hoped. <laughs> um, and this by no means is a jab at anybody. Um, mm -hmm. Just some things just didn't work. <laughs> so as a result of that, um, there were actually uh, a, a few ideas with how things were so, supposed to play out. And they just, just ended up playing out a little differently because, because yeah, it, just didn't quite uh, 
didn't quite uh, uh, hit the mark. So, so yeah, that was that was, I would say that's definitely one thing that was like, okay, well this is this just didn't quite work. So what are we going to do? And and I think for for John and me to have been you know doing the kind of like taking this kind of approach you know for as long as we have we're used to it we're used to like okay well that didn't work what are we going to do you know and and you always yeah like you said you you're opening the doors a little wider so you you know you've got a little more room to like you know reach for for certain you know certain things that you can bring in that uh you know you you're not feeling so closed in that you can't just like uh you know work out on the fly so so that's yeah, that's what we did, and uh, I'd say overall, I'm still happy with how things ended up, and and yeah, it's just it's just another hurdle. Well, yeah, and that's independent film too. Like when you're writing, you're writing Hellraiser, but when you film, it's Birdemic. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. That, but it's, again, it's what you do, it's how you roll with it, it's how you present it, and you make it beautiful. So, guys. Thank you so much for sitting in chat. Stick around because I'm going to ask both of them. John, I'm going to say, what's it like to be a webcam creeper? And ask Andre what it's like delivering pizza in two movies. We'll be right back.